listen, it doesn't matter who you are or what you have because life can be pretty damn hard. And without a healthy mind, it's even harder. So check out online therapy with betterhelp.com slash rotten and be on your way to a little bit more ease. Bada bing, bada boom. Welcome to this week's main episode of Rotten Mango. I'm your host, Stephanie Sue. Wow, that Woo! feels so professional. And I'm just going to drop you right into the crime because today I was originally supposed to be talking about Kim Jong-il. Yeah, North Korea. But I'm going to save that for the mini sode. <laughs> yeah, we're talking about this because I, I somehow just got so dragged deep into this like a couple days ago and I just need to talk about it. She was on her way rushing to the hospital. Her sick five-year-old son was in the back. He's having seizures again. He's not eating. He has to be fed through his feeding tube. Things are not looking good. This is a rough time for this five-year-old little boy. She starts weaving through the traffic. Come on, come on. I have to get to the emergency room. Finally, she gets there, parks her car, rushes to the car seat in the back. And before taking her son out and rushing to get medical help, like you would assume, she takes out her phone and starts taking pictures of him in his car seat. And she's thinking to herself, well, what should I say about this one? It's his 33rd visit to the hospital. He's been airlifted twice. He's had 12 surgeries and we're still back at the hospital. Please pray for us. And Garnett the Great, we need your prayers right now. Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good caption. Her followers might like that one. Wait, she's making an Instagram post? A Facebook post. Welcome to the Mommy Blogger Killer. Oh, yeah. Full source notes are available at RottenMangoPodcast.com, as always. But, yes, there's a book. It's called My Sweet Angel by... I say this every time, but, like, why do I have so many favorites? One of my favorite true crime authors of all time by John Glatt. He also has The Secrets in the Cellar that I read for the Joseph Fritzl case. So good. There's a lot of documentaries on this, but I recommend the book because even John Glatt gets interviewed for a lot of these documentaries. And I'm like, that's my boy, John. He has no idea that I exist, okay? It's so detailed. There's so so many interviews done with people that Lacey knew growing up and it just I mean you get an in-depth picture of who these people really are so let's talk about Lacey Elizabeth Spears born in California at Castle Air Force Base her mom's name is Tina her dad's name is Terry and she's the youngest of three kids so when you look at this family from the outside I mean it just looks like a cute little Air Force family I don't know what else to say but they decide after she's born let's pack it up let's pack up all our stuff and move to Alabama from California to Alabama, it's going to be great. So they moved to Decatur, Alabama, which at the time was one of the poorest towns in America. I mean, you're talking typical Southern Bible Belt town. They've got a tiny population. They've got more churches than there are people to attend them. There's a church on every street corner. What do you do for fun? I go to church. What do you do when you're not doing that? I still go to church. Like, that's the vibe there, right? Nothing wrong with it, but it is the vibe. Now, they move into the grandparents' ranch, and it's given main character vibes. You're thinking, wow, they're running around into the sunset. What an amazing, special childhood. But the whole family seemed a little bit miserable. The Spears parents were described as being, quote-unquote, not close. Like, I don't know what that means, but that's like the worst thing you could say about a married couple. The dad was busy with all of his health concerns. He had celiac disease, Crohn's disease, which is like a like a chronic inflammatory bowel disease, essentially. Mm -hmm. It affects the lining of your digestive tract. So the mom, she had type 1 diabetes. They both had health concerns. Now, they just did not get along with each other and the kids especially Tina, the mom, everyone called her a cold, unaffectionate woman with her children. All three of her kids. 
So Lacey, the youngest, I mean, she spends most of her time by herself. Her older brother and sister, they're like, we're too cool for you. Are you kidding me? We're teenagers. You're a loser. Go play in your room. So she starts collecting these American Girl dolls. These are her substitute family. Now she takes it a little step far because she wakes up every morning. Gotta brush their hair. Each one has to be individually dressed. Gotta be different from what they were wearing yesterday. And then she'll pick one to take out for the day. How old is she? She's like seven. Oh, so that's normal, right? Like she's 27. <laughs> <laughs> she would treat them like they were real people, like they were mm-hmm. her children. I mean, I remember doing this when I was young, right? Yeah. Now, one of the girls at Lacey's school really wanted to have a sleepover. Mom, mom, please, like, can I just sleep over at Lacey's? Like, it's going to be so much fun. She has so many dolls you have to see. But for some reason, this kid's mom was like, something just feels wrong about the Spears family. I don't know. Something just rubs me the wrong way. But she keeps begging. No, mom, like you're just being paranoid, please. Okay, fine. She had no idea that the sleepover was just going to go horribly. The two girls are in Lacey's room playing with the dolls. And this kid, she decides to pick up one of Lacey's dolls. Because, I mean, she's just playing. She's not whacking it around. She's not like, I'm going to take this one. She just picks it up. And mm-hmm. this enraged Lacey so much, she jumps on top of the other girl and full-on tries to strangle her. When I say full-on, I'm talking both hands. Both hands around the neck strangle. When her parents come to pick her up from Lacey's, there were handprints and bruising on her neck. Why was she so triggered? I guess she just doesn't like sharing. Uh, I guess these are her babies. Don't touch her babies. Is she treating those like real kids? Yeah. Uh. So it's a, you know, you're getting some weird, bizarre behavior from the get-go. I mean, that was just how aggressive Lacey was with her dolls. Then on her 12th birthday, guess what? She shows up at school. She pulls her very close friend aside. Hey, I need to talk to you. It's time to stop playing with dolls. It's time we grow up. Okay, like very formal. <laughs> okay, you're 12. What's going on? So she stops playing with her dolls and she becomes the ultimate teacher's pet. Like really, a teacher's pet. She wants to hand in all her work early. The type of one that would raise her hand and say, wait, Mrs. Sue, did you check the homework? The kids are like, why would you ask that? I didn't do my freaking homework. What's wrong with you? So it all sounds like, well, this girl's weird. She's eccentric, but everything's going to go well for her, right? Then she shows up at her best friend's house one day, sobbing. Jessica, that's the friend's name. Her friend's parents are like, what's going on, Lacey? What's wrong? Mm-hmm. I'm scared to go home. I'm being molested by a family member. Now, Jessica's parents immediately call CPS, but there's no investigation I mean, just nothing. So the family decides, well, we, we're going to open our doors to you, Lacey. Whatever you need, whenever you don't want to be home, you're welcome to stay here. You can be here at any time. You can sleep over any time that you want. She even started to call Jessica's mom, mom. Now, a lot of the Spears family, they will refute this claim that she said that she was abused. Even a lot of the family friends don't believe it. Even the people that she told that believed it in the moment later changed their minds. And you'll see why. Mm-hmm. But I just need to preface that. Now, Lacey would continue to go to church, join community volunteer teams. The whole time, it seemed like she was looking for someone. She would befriend women in their 40s and just start calling them mom. Like, imagine if I went to church and I saw a 40-year-old woman. And I'm just like, mom, how you doing today? The next That's day, I'd be bizarre. like, Mom, how's your sleep last night? What'd you do this weekend, Mom? They'd be like, what's going on? But you have a mom. I mean, they were all uncomfortable because it's like, it's not like your mom died. Mm-hmm. It's not like you don't have a mom. Like, yeah. you have a mom. They what's... didn't volunteer to be no. called mom either. A lot of them said that it made them incredibly uncomfortable. <laughs> they didn't know what to do with this. You know, can you imagine? I would be uncomfortable if someone just started calling me mom. I'm kidding. So many people do that on the internet. And I'm like, have I really gotten that old? <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, but Lacey would do this thing where she would tell you a crazy story. 
and she would just deem it to be true. If there wasn't a reaction from you, she would just add another lie on top of it. She would start building this little pile of lies, this crazy pile, big mountain of lies. Add another one, add another one until the story is so ridiculous that you don't even know what to say. So she's a crazy liar. Yeah, I imagine it to go something like this. If she wanted you to feel sad, she'd say, well, I was sick last week. I went to the hospital. You're still not reacting. You're just like, oh, okay, glad you're feeling better. They said it might be the common flu. Oh, yeah, yeah, I heard that's going around. Maybe cancer. They said that. Cancer? They also said I have two days to live. Two days to live? But I don't know the truth yet. Oh. Wait, sorry, actually, they called my mom last night and they said that I'm going to die tonight. Like, that's how I imagine this to happen because she just piles it on. So, for example, here's what she said to someone. They said, how did you hurt your arm, Lacey? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Oh, cheerleading. Oh, you poor thing. Actually, I'm anorexic and I collapsed in the middle of the street from lack of food. Don't tell anyone. Oh, what? I actually haven't eaten anything in the past three days. What? Then another person chimed in. But I saw you eating a hot dog last night. Well, other than that, I haven't eaten a single thing. Oh, uh, okay. Strange. Yeah, other than three meals a day, I haven't (laughs) ate much either. Other than three meals, two snacks, and a cup of coffee in the morning, I really have not touched a single piece of food. (laughs) You know, and I think, like, I mean, this is like a slap in the face for people with eating disorders because it was was just blatant. It wasn't like she was genuinely struggling with it. That's how people picked up on it. You know, it Mm -hmm. just, it didn't seem like she's struggling, but lying and calling out for help. You think she's, like, lacking love at home or something, maybe? Lacking attention, so she's seeking attention from these people? It seems like she's just obsessed with attention, just desperate for it. Like the type of person that even negative attention is good attention. Yeah. But she doesn't necessarily want to go that far. You'll see. Like she wants a very praiseful attention, very Mm -hmm. sympathetic, almost like pity. That's what she wants. Mm -hmm. So she tells everyone, hey, everyone, I'm pregnant. What? You haven't even started high school yet. What are you going to do? Like, Mm -hmm. we're literally starting high school in a couple of months. How can you be pregnant? Yeah, I don't know. Then she'd come into school the next day. Well, I got an abortion at a nearby clinic. Now, one of the girls, I don't know, maybe her mom worked there. She's like, but that that specific clinic doesn't even do abortions. I got it done in Florida. Like, she would just kind of, I mean, it was so blatant. She had no shame. What was even more confusing is that they had never seen her once with a guy. Lacey just never even had a schoolboy crush like the rest of the kids at her age. She just seemed completely uninterested in any romantic partners of any gender. Just not into it. So throughout high school, people had mixed emotions about her. Teachers loved her. She's got potential. She's a perfectionist. She always turns her work in in time, never causes problems. And the kids, they either adored her, felt bad for her, or thought that she was strange. To me, she strikes me as someone who just kind of overshares. So she would tell everyone how her dad had a liver transplant. She hates her sister and her mom. She was molested by family members all the time. And it just became this common knowledge at high school. So people just didn't know how to feel about it. Like, is that true? I mean, I just don't understand. So Mm -hmm. she wants to be a mom more than anything. She keeps talking, telling everyone, I'm going to be a mom. I'm going to be the best mom ever. Which just seems so natural for her to volunteer at a local church nursery. So she's in charge of looking after the infants. Loves it. Instantly falls in love with a one-year-old named Charlie. It got so strange that Charlie's parents walked in one day and said, I need you guys to never let Lacey look after our son, Charlie. We don't like this attachment that she's building. We're just, we're uncomfortable. 
They didn't question it. They kept Lacey and they moved on. So after graduating high school, she then moves into an apartment with her older sister, Rebecca, starts working at the kids club in Decatur. Her bosses loved her. I mean, she's she's got five kids at once. Absolute beast. Never complains. I mean, like in a good way. She's like never complains, loves her job. She would work 12 hour shifts. No question. Wait, who got five kids? No, she'd be like watching at the, oh, the watching nursery, the daycare kids. that she's working okay. at. She comes in, opens, watches five kids at the same time, then closes and leaves. Like this is her obsession. It's her passion. She's always there. This is her passion in life. So people would keep telling her, well, why don't you try dating? Like now that you found your career path, the next thing is, you know, to settle down or to like meet someone cute. Have fun. Like see like what's going on. Mm-hmm. I know this guy named Blake. He's a handsome dude. He's a cop. You know, you like a man in uniform, right? So she starts dating him, goes on a few dates, three to be exact. They never have sex. This is important later. And then one day out of nowhere, Lacey just starts screaming at him at the checkout line of a grocery store. I mean, I don't know what it was about. I couldn't find that detail anywhere. She just starts blowing up on him. Mm-hmm. I mean, how can you genuinely scream at someone like that after three dates? Scream about what? Nobody knows, really. Um. Just starts blowing up on the dude, walks out. They never see each other again. She never told her friends why they broke up either. It was just bizarre. People were like, why? He was such a catch. So she starts just, you know, really putting herself into that nursery. And that's when she meets a young mom named Christy Burnham. Um, She had her baby boy named Cameron when she was 17. So she was struggling a little bit, trying to balance work, school, parenting. And Lacey came in and just swooped both of them off their feet. I can give you a family discount. I'll babysit your kid. No big deal. I work at a daycare. I know how kids are. I've got an emergency kit. Like, I got it on lockdown. I mean, this is really comforting, I'm sure, for a lot of parents because this is the person that you're trusting your baby with. And if they work full time at a daycare, sounds stellar. And Lacey's so sweet. She's buying baby diapers. She even bought a car seat. I bought my sister a car seat for her baby shower. Those things are expensive, okay? Buys a car seat, a full-on crib, never once asked to be reimbursed, just out of her own free will, just buying this stuff. So she loves babies? Yeah. Like genuinely just loves babies? Well, we'll see if it's love. I mean, I don't know. What is it? So Christy starts noticing something strange. Anytime that she would go to pick up Cameron, her own son, mm-hmm. Lacey seemed pissed, resentful almost, annoyed. So she's thinking, oh man, she's probably upset, you know, trying to watch the kids all day. Is it because I don't pay her enough? I wonder if that's what it is. So then Christy takes her son to the park one day. She's like, I'm not going to have Lacey watch him. I'm going to watch him today. Then a woman comes up to her. Oh my God, are you uh, Lacey's babysitter? <laughs> what? <laughs> are you um, watching Lacey's kid? You're her babysitter? What? Cameron? That one? That's my kid. She's my babysitter. Oh, that's that's so strange because we could have all sworn that she told us that that was her baby. What? Now, Christy's thinking, that's strange, okay? That's very, very strange. But maybe it's all a misunderstanding. Maybe, you know, they were like, oh, your kid's so pretty. And she just kind of nodded because to go down the whole, oh, that's not my kid. I'm actually just, you know, it's like exhausting. So maybe Mm -hmm. she just nodded. So Christy doesn't think much of it. Besides, she had bigger things to worry about. Cameron had recently suffered from these massive ear infections. Always going to the doctor. So strange. He never had this problem before. Then one day after babysitting... Lacey never dropped off Cameron again. Okay, Christy's freaking out a little bit, but that's fine. Maybe they're getting food. Maybe they're running late. The next date rolls around. Okay, maybe I maybe I was wrong. Maybe she's Wait. watching him the whole weekend. 
the mom's like, my kid didn't come home today and let me wait till tomorrow. I mean, she's kind of confused. Like maybe Lacey was supposed to watch her the whole weekend because sometimes she does that. Then Monday rolls around. Still no contact with Lacey. Like, she's been trying to get in contact with Lacey this whole time. And she starts kind of freaking out, calling all of their friends. Maybe maybe she just, you know, forgot the time. She's It's Lacey. Mm-hmm. It's nothing to worry about. We're practically sisters at this point. Calls all their friends. No, I haven't seen Lacey. No, I haven't heard from her all day. So she finally is able to track down Lacey and straight up tells her, bring him home immediately or else I'll beat your ass. I kind of love her, okay? So, <laughs> and when she does, she takes her son from Lacey and says, you're never going to watch him ever again. And she starts sobbing. Please don't take him away from me. Please don't do this. Now, Christy's thinking, oh, man, this is going to be a rough, a rough breakup. I'm going to have to gotta maybe get a restraining order. This is a little creepy. She's going to stalk us or something. But Lacey moved on quick to another child, a six-month-old boy by the name of Jonathan. His mom was a hardworking 19-year-old, and Lacey offered, Hey, why don't I just watch him? Family discount. I'm going to, you know, watch him basically for free. She had the experience, the expertise. Autumn was like, yeah, take my son, Jonathan. What is there not to love about this daycare employee? Lacey starts calling him John John. Stopped asking for payment from Autumn, so was babysitting him for completely free, but would buy formula, diapers, toys. I mean, she was so sweet. She was so good with kids. Then the questions got too much. How does she even afford all of this? The diapers, the baby wipes? I mean, these aren't cheap. She would take John to the local churches, pretending to be his mom, to get free donations. From the church? Yeah. Okay, so so really, you know, bad, because it's usually reserved for moms who need it for their kids. Just bizarre, but I mean, I guess it's not like we can't really hate her because she is using it for a kid, right? And she can't necessarily afford it. That's how everyone feels about this. Autumn's like, okay, that's a little weird, but I don't know if I'm like shutting my door in her face yet. Mm -hmm. But she had no idea that Lacey had been posting hundreds of pictures of her and John John pretending to be his mom on Facebook. There would be a picture of John and the caption would say, hey, mommy Lacey, or what you doing, mommy Lacey? pretending to be john's voice you know how old is john again six months old what yeah sometimes she would post pictures of him and write i love you you are my world my everything you complete me listen i got a niece and i don't even know if i would write that about her not saying i don't love her but it just feels like a very mother to child thing yeah yeah you know i love you you're my world so everyone just kind of assumed like oh my god i didn't know you had a kid already yes that's the love of my life he was born february 14th Okay, Lacey, very aggressive. She would take John John to football games. And if she ran into these old high school friends, she would say, oh, me, my little boy, John John. Now, these kids, they knew her. They never saw her date. So they started asking questions. When did you give birth? I, I, what? I, I follow you on Facebook. I didn't even know you were pregnant. When did you get pregnant? Who's the dad? Do we know them? I mean, this is a small town. We should probably know him, right? Mm-hmm. From high school. Was it that Blake guy? Mm-hmm. No, um, it's actually my sister's kid. Oh, that's weird. Why didn't you just say that? Mm-hmm. And she would just walk away. And again, Autumn didn't know. She had bigger concerns. When she later did find out, she said that she was so shocked, but assumed that Lacey was doing it for attention. Because if you're, you know, a young mom on Facebook, you get a lot of sympathy. You get a lot of love. But like I said, she had other concerns. That John's ears were leaking puss. 
He had nasty ear infections. He had these constant ones in both of his ears. It just seemed like it was never going away, stressing out the whole family. They even found a hole in his eardrum. <sighs> so he, she's freaking out. She's busy. She doesn't have time to be stalking Lacey's Facebook. She's just a stressed mom. Now, there was another kid in Lacey's circle that started having really bad ear infections as well. Shauna Lynch's son by the name of McKelly. Just really nasty. She would drop off her kids to be with Lacey and John John when she's working. Mm-hmm. They'd become really close. Shauna even gave Lacey a set of keys into her place. And Shauna really liked her, trusted her, felt bad for her even. After all that she's been through, the fact that she was molested from multiple family members, the fact that her fiancé, Blake, the policeman, had been killed tragically in a car accident on the line of duty. I mean, they were high school sweethearts. They were soulmates for crying out loud. Lacey's just had such a hard life. So, of course, Shauna sympathizes with her and trusts her. My fiance's grandpa is actually starting up his own small business. Yes, he's going to be shipping art prints to whoever wants them. And he's he's kind of working out the logistics, right? He's thinking, well, I don't have a car. I can't drive places. I don't know what to do. How am I going to run this business when I don't leave the house? And I told him, Gramps, I got you. Well, I told my fiance to translate because he doesn't speak English. I said, stamps.com saves businesses thousands of hours and tons of money every single year. Listen, The hassle of going to the post office is no more because Stamps.com brings that same U.S. postal and UPS shipping services right to your computer. They make it easy for small businesses to mail and ship without ever needing to take a trip to the post office. You print that official U.S. postage and shipping labels 24-7. You like to work at 3 in the morning? They got you 24-7. Without having to leave your desk or buy any fancy equipment, all you really need is your computer and a standard printer. That's it. So once your mail is ready to go you just schedule a pickup or you drop it off it's that simple i mean i'm telling grandpa you don't even have to go anywhere you don't have to ask for a ride you can literally just schedule a pickup it's a no-brainer it saves nearly one million small business owners like you time and money he got sold on the money part. He was like, I'm in. <laughs> they offer deals that you can't get anywhere, like up to 40% off of USPS and up to 66% off UPS shipping rates. And with their switch and save feature, you can actually quickly compare carriers to find the best rates every single time. So stop wasting time going to that post office. Or maybe you're like Gramps and you want to start a business, but you don't have a ride yet. Go to stamps.com instead. There's no risk. And with my promo code ROTTEN, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and and a digital skill. No long-term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on the microphone at the top of the homepage, and type in ROTTEN. That's stamps.com, promo code ROTTEN. Stamps.com, never go to the post office again. Now, Shauna's mother-in-law did not. She did not approve of this friendship. She said, listen, I've seen Lacey with McKelly. I just feel like something's not right. She seems obsessed with him. There's something deep there, a darkness. I just don't know what it is. So she keeps telling Shauna this. She's just so evasive all the time. I ask her questions and she's just so, her answers are so clinical. Listen, Shauna, just try one thing for me, okay? I'm going to stop nagging you. Just do this one thing. Take the key away from her. Tell her it's a family reason. You're working on your marriage. Your husband's upset that you're just giving away keys. You know, he's very security conscious. She should react normally. Most friends would. They'd be like, oh, shit, sorry. Okay, yeah, of course. I totally get it. Mm -hmm. So Shauna sits Lacey down. Listen, my husband and I were kind of fighting about how 
we don't really have personal space. Mm-hmm. Is it okay just for the time being if I get our house key back? I just need to focus on my marriage right now. Obviously, like this doesn't affect our friendship. We can hang out still all the time. I just, you can knock on the door. I just want my key back. And mm-hmm. Lacey stands up, starts screaming at her. You betrayed me. What is your problem? Like you've just turned into a completely different person. Like, fork you, Shauna. <laughs> can you imagine? So she's like, what the fork? They stopped talking. Now, Lacey is considered strange to a lot of people. Even the people in her apartment picked up on it. So there's this guy, a 23-year-old named Chris Hill, living on the ground floor of the apartment, sees Lacey a lot. His friends would actually call her the predator because she was just cold, mean, and always with kids. They were like half joking, you know? Why predator? Oh, preying on kids? Yeah, just like a weird, I guess... Okay. So one day there's a knock on the door. It's Lacey. Hey, uh, Chris, can you help me um assemble this new baby crib that I have? Uh, sure. So they start building this bed together, and one thing leads to another, and they do it. Oh, yeah, they do it. Yeah, what a turn, okay? Twists and turns in this one. So Lacey starts coming over, never dating, just would watch a movie, have sex, never went out together, never slept together. I mean, all of it was just so strange for Chris. Chris never thought to even use contraceptives, and she never brought it up. Just assumed she's probably on the pill. But there was this strange detail that he couldn't get over. She loved kids, but she did not care for his five-year-old. So he's got this five-year-old, but whenever the kid is around, Lacey would blatantly ignore the kid. Like, what? What? Yeah. Then there would be other strange incidents in their relationship. She would text him. Hey, come upstairs. Winky face. Oh, he's ready. He's spraying cologne, you know? Open up his pants. Spraying cologne down there, too. He's getting lucky tonight, right? So then he goes upstairs, knocks on the door, excited. He can see her shadow through the peephole. And, like, you know, at the bottom, you can see, like, kind of there's movement. Here's her footsteps. Someone's there, but no one's opening the door. So he says, Lacey, is that you? You just texted me to come up here and meet you. Mm-hmm. Never responded. But she's just there watching him. Why? He doesn't know. What do you think the reason behind that? Just a weird dude or a weird girl. Yeah, I think maybe she wants to see if he'll come. Or just wants to look at him. <laughs> Okay, I don't know. Listen, I haven't dated in so long. I'm like, is this some sort of new dating tactic? What do you mean? We're dating. Are we dating? We're dating. <laughs> we're dating. After seven and a half years, we're still dating. <laughs> we're actually on a date right now, <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> so Lacey Spears ends up getting pregnant. Oh, yeah. She gets pregnant. She's so excited. She took 23 tests. They're all positive. Oh, my God. Like, she's stoked. And everyone's like, well, who's the dad? And she said, and I quote, that older, fat, bald guy downstairs. Like, just really like... Chris Hill? Yeah, like, what the fork? Okay, just weird. So people are thrown off by that. She told Chris, and they both decided to try and make it work like a couple. Maybe we'll get married. But Chris claims that one day, he brought her a book of baby names. He's stoked. He's excited. They start going through it together. He says, what about Caden? I love the name Caden. Oh, I love it too. Then the next day... She comes up to him and says, well, I want it to be Garnett. Oh, uh, I thought we decided on Caden. I don't, I don't really like that name. Well, I don't care. Uh, um, okay, well, I guess we can just sleep on it, or maybe there will be another name that comes up that we both like. Mm-hmm. The next day, she texts him, you're not the father of my child. It's actually my ex-boyfriend's kid, Blake's, and I never want to see you again. 
So she, he's confused. Like, this makes him feel like it's still his child. She just doesn't want him to have any say in any of this. Mm-hmm. So he starts texting her, going up to her apartment. And she, I mean, it's the strangest breakup ever, he said. She just refused to talk to him, threatened to call the cops the whole time. Nothing could not get through to her. So years later, the Spears sisters would say that Chris was actually abusive and they didn't want him around the future baby. But I don't really know. They had these massive baby showers, told everyone it was the baby of a policeman named Blake. The ones that didn't believe her, they just never questioned her in person because it's kind of a sensitive topic. You're not going to be like, are you sure? Who's the baby daddy? Do a paternity test. So then her first child is born. Garnett Paul Thompson Spears. Very cute. Very cute baby. Six pounds and a wonderful healthy baby within minutes of him popping out she posts a pic of him on facebook with the caption labored only four hours and my blessing is here he's all mine then another one right before all my fans come to see me and mommy so she likes to like pretend like she's the kid talking oh you know like uh, does she have a lot of fans or something no oh okay yeah (laughs) i mean it's really just for her friends Then it gets weirder because she ends up having like four different Facebook accounts and they become like fan accounts almost. Uh Yeah, it gets weird. It gets weird. So within days, she was discharged from her, you know, from the hospital with the baby and both mom and baby, very healthy. Everything's looking good. That's on a Friday. But by the time Sunday rolls around, they couldn't even get through the whole weekend. They're back in the hospital. Emergency room. My baby's got a high fever. He's only two days old. He's pulling at his ears. What do I do? I just checked his fever. It's like 105 degrees. Okay, new mom, new mom. It's okay, calm down. Let's, you know, run his temperature. Normal. Okay, let's run some tests. Completely normal. Okay, it's okay, mom. Like, you're you're probably lack of sleep. You're probably really paranoid. This is your precious bean. Finally comes alive, right? You guys are good. Go back home. She goes home. She starts casually posting pictures of John John and Garnett together. Big bro and little bro. He loves him so much. She would buy them identical clothes to match in. Brothers and best friends. Me and my babies. Then she went back to the ER. Oh no, he's sick again. Okay, well let's, you know, run some tests. They hook him up to an IV and she takes a picture. Poor baby boy. See his IV? My entire world. He is my life. Soon this became a pattern. Almost daily, she would bring Garnett into the hospital, demand doctors to make sure nothing's wrong with him, while snapping and posting pictures on Facebook. I'm sorry, she's like using this as a photo op, a photo destination. The hospital is the pink wall for her. And what are people saying? Do people care? Yeah. Are people like, oh my gosh. Like she would get like four comments being like, oh no, like praying for Garnett. You're such an amazing mom, Lacey. And this is all she wanted. Yeah. Yeah. Back to the hospital. He's not eating properly. He's bleeding out of his ears. You got to help me. The doctor would actually write in the medical record that he suspected Lacey Spears to be suffering from Munchausen syndrome by proxy. You guys know this. Gypsy Rose, you know, all of these people. That's essentially when a caregiver or a parent, they (laughs) deliberately try to poison the child so that they can seem like this caring, sympathetic mom. Like, oh, my God, you must be it must be so hard on you. How are you doing this? You're like a superhero. You're the best mom ever. I could never 
whatever. You're so brave, you know. And it's just they were concerned. They called PACT, which is the Parental Assistance Agency, to prevent child abuse. Now, during the interview that they had with Lacey, strangely, they realized that Lacey barely paid attention to the son that was in the room with them. There would be follow-up calls and appointments, but Lacey just didn't pick up or show up. So they just closed the case. They're like, okay, well, she's not getting in contact, so she must be a really good mom. You know, that makes sense. So meanwhile, Lacey continues to show up at the hospital. You need to help me. He's only six weeks old. He keeps throwing up. He's projectile vomiting, vomiting everywhere. He refuses to eat. This is my baby. What do I do? They see the previous doctor's notes. Okay, why don't we not tell mom? But let's quarantine them. So we take Garnett for 24 hours and we, you know, make up a lie that no visitors allowed. Mm -hmm. See if he's projectile vomiting. See if he refuses to eat. If not, maybe it's the caregiver's fault. And sure enough, he wasn't throwing up. But they couldn't really say for sure it was because of Lacey and they were discharged right back to Lacey. She -hmm. starts reaching out to friends. I can't handle the stress right now. They would take her out to lunch and she would be crying about how sick her baby is. He's there, by the way, at lunch. Chick-fil-A specifically. Okay. She'd be like crying. And just like he's so sick. Meanwhile, Garnett, he would interrupt the conversation and she would smack him on the leg. She would smack the baby on the leg. Yeah. Like she was just in the middle of a conversation of how she's so upset that her baby has health conditions. (laughs) And it's been so stressful. Uh And then he would start crying and she would just kind of like smack him on the leg. Like, shut up. Mommy's talking. And the friends would be like, what? She would tell them what? He's acting out. There was an instance where a friend saw Lacey screaming at Garnett in the Walmart parking lot, called CPS, and they still didn't do anything. And here's the crazy thing, because she kept saying, my baby keeps throwing up, he's losing weight, and he was losing a lot of weight. He was malnourished. The doctors underwent a, I'm not going to say this right, I want to say Nissan, it's not a Nissan, a Nissan fundoplication procedure. Essentially, it's it's a procedure that makes it that you can never vomit again. It's a diagnosed reflux disease. So mm-hmm. it has something to do with your esophagus and your stomach. And they just kind of like tie it up so that you can't vomit or burp a lot. So a lot of people with severe, like I'm talking debilitating acid reflux, like they need stuff like this. They'll get this procedure. It's just not something that you should do unless you're dealing with something that's just not as bad. Because the idea to me of never throwing up is terrifying. What if you ate something bad? Your body is naturally trying to protect you by getting rid of it, right? Like, you feel sick. You feel, after you throw up, you feel better. So after doing that procedure, Lacey still has complaints. Her son can never throw up again, really. Garnett refuses to eat. Please, we gotta do something. So they place a, you know, feeding tube in his nose. She takes a couple pictures. He had to get a feeding tube. That's how he ate for weeks. He's only two months old. My poor Garnett. Once he was released, she came back and complained again. He's still not eating. They checked his levels, his sodium levels, and it was at 180. A normal blood sodium level is 135 to 145. If it's too high or too low, it can be fatal. Did you know sodium is that finicky inside of your body? So one of the biggest dangers is brain damage. If you have too much sodium, that sodium could travel to the water that's in your brain cells, cause it to swell, and that will cause inflammation in your brain. And your brain really has nowhere else to go when it's uh, getting inflamed mm-hmm. instead of just crushing inside of your own skull. It causes a lot of brain damage if it's bad. Like, this is really, really bad. So, I mean... So the baby consumed 
a ton of sodium. Yeah, or maybe they were dehydrated. You know, maybe there's not enough water in the baby. Like, it was just, it was bizarre. So he's airlifted to a children's hospital. And thankfully, his sodium levels were monitored, safely dropped. You can't just force it down, by the way. It has to be just slowly controlled. So she's in the hospital for a really long time with him. Just posting pictures. Now, here's what's interesting about the Munchausen syndrome by proxy these days. Is that it's getting worse, So a psychiatrist by the name of Dr. Feldman had a book on it, and it's essentially when a lot of people want to post about them or their loved ones being sick because it gives them like this, it gives them this like high of all these real-time people reacting and sympathizing and, you know, being like, oh, my poor baby. So because of the rise of internet support groups for medical illnesses, which, by the way, offers patients the ability to, like, share their struggles, feel less alone, more connected, related. There's a deep level of love that's shared between straight-up strangers, and it's a beautiful thing. But a lot of the times, people will infiltrate it and lie. That makes sense. Because it's the internet. It's somewhat anonymous. You get instant reactions and people aren't right in front of your face. So a lot of the times it might be safer for you to test the waters on the internet before you start lying to people in person. Exactly. Wow. Wild. So the whole time Lacey's just blogging it. The whole experience on Facebook, posting a ton of pictures. He was very sick. We didn't know it. I don't feel good, mommy. It's just strange. Like a lot of these pictures were gory too. Like imagine a kid with feeding tubes in his nose and like i get it i totally sympathize with parents you post a couple here and there giving your you know just your family updates or just like we're going strong like these milestones but it was just a lot of pictures like so many pictures like why what's what why do we need to see like a whole collage of this it was just a lot now the doctors keep him for two weeks they didn't understand. He's not having any problems with food. They can't find out why the sodium levels are too high. There's no medical reason. He was completely fine medically, genetically, and metabolically. Doesn't make sense. How are you feeding him, mom? Well, the doctors at the last place told me to do one part formula, half strength with three parts water. And all the doctors are shocked. That's like malnutrition. You're not supposed to dilute half-strength formula that much for this age. Like, that's... Don't do that. So regardless, CPS was contacted, and they were discharged from the hospital. But before they left, of course, she took another picture of him sleeping, knocked out and on pain meds. My little man had to be sick again. Poor baby boy. I feel like at that point, some people's got to find some pattern. Like, But, but like, here's the thing. Even if we were seeing this in real time, that 10% chance that it's the truth, Mm. ah, I mean, that would just destroy them. Can you imagine accusing a genuinely loving, caring mother of being a shitty parent? Okay. So I think that's why it's so hard. But all these doctors are calling CPS. Yeah. And CPS is doing nothing. Nothing. (laughs) Once again. Yeah. Once again. So all of her friends reach out. Oh my God, I saw your Facebook. Is he okay? Is Garnett okay? Let me, let's take you out for lunch. And they saw the strangest thing. They all met up at a Mexican restaurant and Lacey was feeding her son super spicy hot salsa. (laughs) They're like, wait, what? Like you just told us that he has this procedure done that he can't throw up. And he's like, what, a few months old? Yeah. He's like less than a year old. And you're just feeding him salsa right now. Uh, what then Lacey starts visiting another hospital he was having these bloody ear infections 
And at the same time, he, she would say, and he keeps throwing up. He, he can't keep food down. What do I do? Okay, well, let's monitor him. So they admit him into the hospital and she would call the nurse's call button. He threw up, he threw up, he threw up. So they rush in and there are stains on the bed, but it's water stains. It's not throw up. There's no clumps. There's nothing. First of all, it's like impossible for him to throw up. Second of all, that's literally water, Lacey. Yeah. And she just would not even look at them. She wouldn't even acknowledge their comment. Okay, that's weird. So then they would just leave the room. At one point, the ear infections got so bad that there was so much pus coming out that doctors had to put full-on towels under his ears to catch it. It was bad. They don't know why? No. They just thought it was suspicious, so they kept calling CPS. They kept putting it in their notes. This is not normal. This is very abnormal, but nothing was being done. So she kept going from hospital to hospital, even in Florida, where her grandparents relocated. She would visit them, and she would go to all these places, all these doctors. My son's not eating. He he needs a G-tube. So a G-tube is a feeding tube that is attached to his stomach. All the doctors kept saying, I've evaluated him. I've seen him take down food. He's he's fine. I don't think he needs it. If, I'm not doing that if he doesn't need it. Like, this is really a traumatic experience. He could eat anything. Fried okra, mashed potatoes. He's like a couple years old at this point. He loves to eat. Keeps it all down. For whatever reason, on September 1st, she found a doctor who would do it. And they place a small one and a half inch plastic tube into his stomach. No way. And right when he gets wheeled out of that operation room, she takes a picture. Mommy, I feel bad and my belly hurts, is the caption. It's the tube like attached right in front of the stomach, right? Yeah, it's like a little opening. It's a port. And once you open it, you attach a connector tube and then that can connect to a feeding bag. It's crazy. Yeah. That is so insane. Now... It's more insane when you think about it because he has no way of throwing up and she can essentially get him to digest whatever she wanted through the stomach tube. This is a recipe for disaster. So if you try to feed a kid something that they don't want to eat, mm -hmm. if it's in their mouth, they can spit it out. They can hide it. They can do something about it, right? Yeah. But if she puts it straight into his stomach and his body is not liking it, he can't throw it up. This is important later. Around this time, Lacey starts telling everyone, I want to have another baby. And I want to name him Granite. Garnet and Granite. This makes me think that she's like calculating. Yeah. Trying to create like the perfect. The perfect patient child. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she just had this crazy baby fever too. She wanted another patient child, I guess. She's like, I gotta have another one. But at that same time, you know, everyone adored Lacey. They believed that she deserved another child. So much so that one of her friends said, why don't you sleep with my husband? <gasps> <laughs> yeah. And guess what Lacey did? They slept <laughs> together a bunch of times. Yeah, the story gets weirder. They sleep together a bunch of times. And then eventually the wife is like, wait a minute. That wasn't a good idea, huh? So how does she try to fix it? They have a threesome. <laughs> I know. His, his jaw's dropping. They have a threesome. Wait, this story took a very weird turn. Weird turn, yeah. They have a threesome. Then the wife is like, I still don't like it. So then they stop being friends. They have a falling out. And she just doesn't get pregnant. <laughs> just absolutely bizarre. Just so weird. I can't be the only one out there. You agree with me. I'm sure you do if you relate to me. I I have lost sleep before to an email. 
I have, yeah. Like, I'll send off an email and I'm like, wait a minute. Do they know what I'm trying to say? Are they going to be offended by this one sentence? Because I'm not in person. They don't see that I'm actually smiling. They don't really hear my tone. How do I make sure that my email is actually sending the message that I wanted to? And with Grammarly Premium, you can actually save yourself doubt and time on emails, messages, and projects with real-time suggestions from Grammarly Premium. I mean, it's amazing. I have been talking about this for quite some time now because my fiance actually told me to download it like way before I even knew it existed. He was like, you need to download this. You need to stop calling your sister and your two friends to ask them, hey, can you uh, double read my email for me? I just need to make sure. Are you sure? Did I spell anything wrong? Does it make sense though? Like he hated hearing that. So with Grammarly Premium, you get clarity suggestions, which helps you get your message across quickly without repeated or unnecessary words. Also, if you're like me and you would always go synonym for great, you don't have to do that anymore with Grammarly's vocabulary suggestions. Grammarly Premium offers suggestions to replace overused words and phrases that makes it your email stand out so much more. I use Grammarly with everything like my phone, my browser, Microsoft Office, even in my text messages, I use Grammarly because I just want to make sure, right? With the free version of Grammarly, you're safe from those embarrassing basic spelling, grammar, and punctuation mistakes. But with Grammarly Premium, that's where the magic happens. You get advanced time-saving features to help you write more clearly and efficiently. So cut down on editing time and write more confidently with Grammarly Premium. That's 20% off Grammarly Premium by signing up at Grammarly.com slash Rotten Mango. That's 20% off at G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y dot com slash Rotten Mango. Some friends start realizing that the potential cause of these ear infections maybe is when she's bathing Garnett. So they see her. They watch her. She's giving him a bath and he's screaming. He doesn't like the water, okay? Like, he's just not having it. So what does she do? She pours the water straight over his head. Not a care in the world if it's going into his ears, his eyes, his mouth, his nose, nothing. He's screaming even louder now because he's a kid. What would she do? She would grab his head, hold it underwater until the friends would actually jump up in the bathroom and start screaming at her to stop. And she would tell them, you can't tell me that you've never lost your temper with your kid. Not like that, I haven't. Not like that. So then she posts on Facebook. Feeling like a rather horrible mother tonight. Screamed at my child because he screamed at me. Worst of all, I gave him a freezing cold bath because I asked him not to play with the hose. I've cried, held him as he slept, asking for forgiveness. Man, did I blow it tonight comments are like oh my god no Lacey you're an amazing mom like being a mom is tough parenthood is it's it's you know it's not romanticized like the movies like we get it he can feel your love at all times but other people had different feelings and we're like I wouldn't even give my dog a freezing cold bath are you kidding <laughs> yeah I mean that's where I'm at like wait what I wouldn't even are you what is wrong with you Lacey went through friends quicker than she went through doctors her friends started noticing weird things They would get a short bob haircut. Guess what? Lacey shows up. Short bob haircut. Just bizarre. And around this time, she decides to banish modern medicine and just focus on herbs and going vegan. And she starts a new Facebook, you know, blog page. (laughs) Why am I sound like I'm 70? A Facebook page called a hippie happy mom. And everyone was worried. I mean, it was just worried. She also started another one called Garnett Paul's Healthy Journey, Son's Medical Process. Maybe it could be a fan page even where you could just check out how he's doing. 
People were excited. They said, yes, start it. You have an amazing, inspiring story, Lacey, that can perhaps show a lot of women that despite many obstacles, they can still be the best mommy they can be. Meanwhile, Florida CPS left a note in their little binder for Lacey Spears that Garnett has lost 50% of his hearing, bleeds from his ears, nose, and eyes. Mom will slap him for no reason as hard as she can, and he starts crying, then she'll hug him. That's common with these people, is that they will hit their kid and then soothe them. They'll make them cry and then go, oh, baby, come here. Mommy's got you. You have nothing to be scared of. They did some. What are they doing about that? They did some interviews. But eventually, Florida CPS closed the case. And her Facebook page for Garnett was doing well. So she decides to start another one. And first entry was titled, Mommy, Where is Daddy? And it goes like this. Like any other morning in our house, I stood at the kitchen sink somewhere between 1 and 3 a.m. washing dishes. It was something that had to be done, so time meant nothing. Garnett was in his rocking chair. He was watching cartoons. Yes, at 1 a.m. and he was awake. He decides when we start our day. And he comes up to me, tugs my pants. Mommy, where is my daddy? This wasn't the first time he asked. I didn't know what to do. Do I give him the details? Do I tell him the truth? Or do I butter it up for him? I dried my hands and I kneeled down to his level to answer his question. I looked my baby boy in the face and I said, Your daddy is in you. He's in your ears, your nose, arms, legs, heart, and soul. Your daddy is half of you. And your mommy is the other half. And he looked at me and he said, awesome, and ran off. I know the day will come when Garnett will ask again. But for today, he thinks it's awesome. No matter where his father is, he will always be with him and will always be a part of him. The end. (laughs) The comments are like, oh my God, you're awesome. Beautiful response. You're such a great mom, Lacey. Let me suck that dick, Lacey. Sorry. I mean, it was just really a lot. Okay. So she's just like, you know, coming up with these. And that good response gave her the encouragement she needed to venture out to more audiences. And Lacey wants to, you know, up her Facebook page game by getting professionally done photos for Garnett. Right. She had all these crazy ideas, talked to a local photographer when she was quoted on how much it would cost. She was shocked. Not because it was a lot, but because she expected it to be free. What the heck? And she denied to work with him after that. Then, of course, the interest in her Facebook page started dwindling down. She needed a new plot. Let's kill the dad. Yeah. Blake, her husband, the father of her child, police officer, tragically died while on patrol in the line of duty. It's a lie that she's told before, but Mm -hmm. never so officially. Tonight, Garnett woke up from a very deep sleep to tell me, Mommy... Daddy loves you. And he went back to sleep. And I knew at that moment, Blake was with us. Posted photos, my best friend, our strength, my unfailing love and support. Now, a friend of hers from high school happened across the page and was confused. Wait a minute. I know that she dated a Blake that was a police officer, but that's not the Blake that I knew. Was there another Blake? Like, that's a lot of weird coincidences. Reverse image searches that were image. It's a stock photo. What image? 
she posted a posted a photo. My best friend, our strength of Blake. Oh, he she posted a stock a photo stock of photo. a policeman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Turns out it's a stripper. You know, I'm kidding. No, no, <laughs> no. But like, yeah, it was a stock photograph. Okay. Okay, but that didn't stop Lacey because all she did was just block her and move on. <laughs> yeah, blocked. Moving on with life. I often feel robbed of Garnett's first two and a half years of life, and now I feel robbed of this part of his life. That's our journey. G has been in the hospital thirty-three times so far, med flighted two times, and had twelve surgeries for various things. So she's just saying that Blake's death is part of their journey together.、Mm-hmm. And everyone's saying in the comments, all I can say is, "Wow!" and "God bless you." She bragged about donating breast milk. As I approached her door, I saw a mother standing there with tears streaming down her face and a little boy in her arms. In my eyes, I was just getting rid of milk that I no longer had room for. In her eyes, I was giving life to her child. <laughs> I can't. I'm sorry. I'm not really like a. I'm not really a deep person. So these kind of posts always. I don't know. They make me feel weird. Okay. Someone was like, "Wait, have you been nursing for three years now? Because Garnett's three. Like you just you still have that much breast milk in you." And I, I remember, I remember you were bottle feeding, no? And she immediately blocked her, <laughs> blocked, <laughs> delete, blocked. <laughs> Then she realized her attention was fizz- fizzling down, so it's time to Game of Thrones another one. She had gifted Garnett a little cute puppy, right? That she would abuse by throwing it into her hot Florida garage all day long, while her neighbors complained because it was literally yelping for help every day. And then she posted. That it died by eating a poisonous frog. I lost a child almost a year ago. My best friend and soulmate ten months ago, and today my son lost his best friend, his puppy, Odie. What? <laughs> he has a dog named Odie. <laughs> Or he did. My family has a、yeah. dog named Odie. <laughs> What the hell did I do to ever deserve a life like this? So through her friends, she ends up hearing about a fellowship community in New York called the Waldorf Education System. You live there, you work there, your kids are growing up there, and the whole thing is it's not a cult. It's just a people. It's a group of like-minded family members who like to eat healthy, eat vegan, and believe in holistic medicine. Right, the holistic power of healing. So she decides, well, let me apply to live at this, you know, fellowship. Right,、mm-hmm. since. She wanted to go for Garnett, but also at the same time, CPS had recently reopened their investigation. So, what a perfect time, right? So she announces to her Facebook group, "I'm uprooting my life for my child. It's going to be better for him there, better for his health." People donated eight hundred dollars to her. Crazy strangers! Wow. So they show up in 2012 to New York. And Lacey immediately starts sharing her tragic life story with everyone, and I mean, people are like, "Wow, police officer husband died in a, a while on duty, miscarriages before Garnett. He's a miracle baby, but of course now he's very sick since birth. Spends most of her time at a hospital. Wow, it's so sad because the poor kid can't even eat properly." Lacey told me that his esophagus is only the quarter of a size that it should be, a fourth of a regular kid's esophagus. Sometimes he would go days without eating food. Do you know how hard that it is for Lacey to watch him not be able to even swallow food? 
has to feed him through the tube in his stomach. Oh, my God. But then they started noticing that Garnett just eats everything. Like, this kid eats seconds and thirds, mashed potatoes, spicy Chinese takeout, everything. Does he still have the tube? Yeah. So oh, you can wow. still eat and, uh, you know, Normally, have the, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, just bizarre. Mm-hmm. Then sometimes Lacey would get mad at Garnett and just yank his arm so hard that it looked like it was going to pop out of his socket. Then he would start crying and she would immediately soothe him. Immediately. Okay, that's weird. But her love on Facebook died down again after she moved to New York. So she proudly announced to everyone, I have come out to announce to you that I want to adopt a child with Down syndrome. And of course, the praise kept coming in. Oh, my God, Lacey, with all the with all the hardship that you already have and you still are looking out for other kids. And she said, well, we all need a family and someone to love us. She starts taking him to more doctors. It's like a photo op, right? Now, the main thing that the doctors kept telling her to do was, listen, it's been a lot of years now. It's time to do a feeding evaluation. Evaluate how much food he's taking by mouth versus the tube. This is important because let's try not to use the tube. It's not good for them to use the tube, but she just refused to do it. Then she starts another Facebook page, just like writing about little things that Garnett would say about his dad. Everyone in the comments was like, you need to write a book. This is amazing book material. Garnett starts school and she's chronicling the whole thing like, oh, man, he was so sick today. He couldn't even show up to school, but that's okay. Garnett the Great is going to do his homework at home. Oh, he's in the hospital missing another day of school. But at school, they they saw something completely different. Yes, he missed days, but on the days that he was there, he was a healthy boy that loved to eat. He was outgoing. He was actually voted little mayor of his class, like the governor, you know, popular among students, teachers. Meanwhile, at home, Lacey's Googling Blake Robinson of Moulton, Alabama, her ex-husband or her ex-boyfriend, right, that she killed off for the blog. October 6, 2011. This is the date that she claimed he died. And then... Normal sodium level for a child. A few hours later after school, Garnett is brought to the hospital for a fever. But they detected nothing wrong, so they sent her home. She searches eight more times within a 30-minute spam. Elevated sodium in children. Dangers of high sodium levels in a child. What happens to someone if they have a high sodium level in the blood? 2 p.m. that Friday rolls around. Now, Una Younger was one of uh, her friends, Lacey's friend, right? She's a little bit older, I believe in her 40s at the time. Uh, Lacey's in her 20s. And she calls and says, oh my God, oh my God, it's happening again. What's going on? Garnett's having more seizures. What do I do? I have to go to the hospital. Please help. Bring me the car. Bring me a car. So Una rushes out of her house straight to Lacey's, pulls up in the driveway, you know, Mm -hmm. expects them to be just standing, waiting outside for her. I guess it's not really a house. They call it like the Tulip House. So it's like still in the fellowship area, right? So she's got the car. Come on, come on, let's go. But they're not there. Okay, well, maybe they're inside rushing to get out, right? So she honks the car. I got to get this car in reverse. Zoom out of here ASAP the minute that they get loaded into the car. Honks the horns more. Okay, this is strange. Maybe they need my help. Oh, they probably do because the hospital bag, probably Garnett has a lot of things that they need to bring. So she jumps out the car. Great. The door is unlocked, rushes inside. And Lacey is standing near the couch, staring at Garnett while he's moaning in pain. He's hooked up to his feeding machine. And inside the feeding bag is this milk colored liquid. Strange, because Lacey has always been about green, healthy, vegan, only feeds five year old Garnett greens. It's like creamy white. What is in the bag? So she thought, well, maybe it's like milk 
weird. Shouldn't we go soon? Lacey's calm. It's confusing. She was frantic a second ago on the phone, but now she's calm. Maybe she's calm for her baby. Can't you guys do this at the hospital? Like, can't the hospital feed him? You know, if he's having seizures, I I would just bring my kid and be like, feed them. I don't know. I'm, I don't want to do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Lacey starts calmly packing her things for the hospital. Okay, okay, let's get in the car. Una's like, yeah, yeah, get in the back with Garnet. I'll drive. No, I want to drive, Una. What? Yeah, I'm going to drop you off and then I'm going to go to the hospital. No, 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 I can go with you. No need. She gets to the hospital. The whole time she's texting people. Hospital now. Seizure. Lasted five minutes. What if he dies? I'm so scared he's starting to come around now. He's shaking though. Parks. Before he, she takes him out, takes a picture of him in the car seat. Are you kidding me? So at the hospital, she's frantic again. He's been on and off having seizures. He's been hospitalized in Alabama for high sodium levels before. Do you think it could be that? Doctor, it was like 200 at the time. Now, the doctor is confused because normal sodium levels are, I believe, like around 135 to 145. 200, they said it's basically not compatible with life. Like you'd be dead or you'd have permanent brain injuries, which he doesn't have. So she keeps repeating this number to doctors, to nurses. She would just turn around and be like, oh, yeah, nurse, by the way, at one point he had like a 200 sodium level. Okay, weird. So when they examine the little boy, he's completely fine. No seizure activity, fairly normal. He's awake, alert. He wasn't even in distress, happily talked to the nurses. So let's find out if he's actually having seizures. They hook him up to an EEG machine. It's when they have those like electrodes that are secured to the to the head. Oh, uh, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. And the um, yeah, and then it's connected to this massive monitor and there's actually a camera on there. So it's because seizures, they come and go so quickly that the doctor might not be in the room. They just want to monitor everything. They can see their brainwave patterns and they can also see what's happening with the patient. So it's like a camera setup, like truly a camera. Now, Lacey was very whatever about this. No anxiety, which is a little bit strange because usually parents are very protective. Like, are you sure everything's going to be okay? It's not going to hurt, right? Mm -hmm. None of these questions. Okay, sounds good. So they hook him up. The doctors get him on an IV. They want a complete blood count test. Meanwhile, Lacey's posting pictures while he's at the hospital. It's getting 22 responses. She even asked friends to bring food. Hospital food isn't something I want G to eat. No gluten, dairy, or meat. So just fruit, vegetables, grains, nuts, and seeds, please. The doctors are kind of, you know, stoked because Garnett is getting better and better. He's becoming, you know, more energetic. He's excited that there's a TV in the room and he's acting like a normal, healthy five-year-old boy. He's painting in his little coloring book. Nurses came in. They disconnected his overnight feeding tube in his stomach, washed the connector tube clean, handed it off to mom, and then closed up Garnett's port from where he is fed. Closed it. The whole time he's happy, talking to the nurse, joking around with her. Cute little five-year-old boy. Soon after that, Lacey starts Googling, what is ionized salt? Why buy ionized salt? What's in ionized salt? And then, you know, keywords of brain tumors. She's like Googling brain tumors, abnormal brain activity, central nervous system. This is where it gets so... EEG video captures Lacey taking Garnett into the bathroom. That is out of view from the camera. He's happy on his way to the bathroom, even grabs a cookie on the way. Then Lacey walks back out and she goes to her purse. That's out of view. But in frame, she's seen walking back into the bathroom with a connector feeding tube and a large cup filled with something. 
They were in the bathroom for the next three minutes, where Lacey opened up Garnett's feeding port, filled a syringe with liquid containing high amounts of salt, jammed it into the connector tube, sending the fatal poison straight into her five-year-old son. When he gets back into bed, he could barely sit up. I mean, he looks completely different in just three minutes. He's rubbing his nose. He looks terrified. It almost looks like he's felt this feeling before. And he's scared. And he's expecting it. He knows what's coming. Like, that's what the the, um, police say after they saw it. Lacey puts her things back in her purse. Does she not know there's a camera? She knows, but she tried to do everything out of view. She has this blank look, goes over to the bed, leans over her son, makes sure that his feeding port is still closed, and just sits there watching him. A jury member who saw the video said that it's almost like if you're waiting for your food to be done in the microwave and you're alone. You're just kind of calmly looking at it. Just casual, not really concerned, not intrigued either, just staring. She even picked up the nurse button and moved it closer to where her hand was. And on camera, Garnett starts kneeling on his bed and his body starts twisting and he starts dry heaving because he's trying to throw up this poisonous salt mixture, but he physically cannot. And when I say poisonous salt mixture, it's just like a heavy lethal amount of salt. If you were to try to feed this into any human, not even just a five-year-old, they would spit it back out. There's just no way you would swallow that much salt. But it was forced into his feeding tube. So she clicks the button, the nurses nurses rush in, and Lacey starts patting his back, rubbing his back, telling him, it's okay, mommy's here, we're going to help you, it's okay. That's not what she was doing. She was just sitting there watching him before the nurses came in. He's screaming, he's in agony, he keeps asking for water, and that throws off the nurses, because if you're nauseous, the idea of water makes you want to throw up. Like, you just don't want water. Then the explosive diarrhea hit through his diapers, through the bed sheets, and they were confused. The staff was so frantic. They want to help this kid, but they have no idea what could have caused him to be like this. He starts full on shivering. They're running the test. Check his kidneys. Check his livers. What is not functioning right now? Draw his blood. While this is all running, Lacey starts posting a photo of her baby onto Facebook. Please, please send G some love. Went from fine to really sick in moments. What if I told you you could wear the same clothes working from home and the same clothes when you go out to work? Because you're thinking, no, those are two different sets of clothes. My at-home clothes are comfort. My going out to work clothes are uncomfortable, professional. They give me wedgies and I hate them. Well, Beta Brand is your answer, okay? Because they have a dress pant yoga pants. It's a perfect balance of style, polish, and comfort. They're soft. They're stretchy. You just throw it on. You don't even realize that you look put together. You feel like you're in sweatpants or something. But when people look at you, no, you're ready to dominate the day, okay? They look like professional dress pants. Now, here's the cool thing. I hate i hate professional dress pants because the fact that i hate ironing i just don't like it but with these dress pant yoga pants from beta brand they are made of wrinkle resistant stretch knit fabric because who has time in the morning to do that who has time to iron in the morning i don't they come in a lot of different styles to choose from my sister loves their skinny ones she's a pharmacist that works 13 hours a day on her feet 
they're so comfortable okay i love the straight leg the skinny i loved it so much i have the black ones because i wanted to keep it professional but i ordered a bunch of uh fun prints because they have like houndstooth so i'm gonna give you guys updates when they come in because i'm really stoked for that so whatever you're doing maybe you're sitting at your desk eight hours a day maybe you're working with kids bending kneeling down maybe you're squatting maybe you're stocking shelves whatever the case is you're gonna look good and you're gonna feel great here's the coolest part of this all they've got pockets pockets new colors patterns and styles are coming out all the time so make sure to keep an eye out for limited time new releases because they sell out so fast they also have you know ultra flattering tops to go with your dress pant yoga pants they've got skirts dresses and more and i'm just telling you they're all comfortable. So right now, our listeners can get 30% off their beta brand orders when you go to betabrand.com slash rotten. That's B-E-T-A-B-R-A-N-D dot com slash rotten for 30% off your order for a limited time. And when you use our special URL, they know that you're supporting our show too. So find out why women are ditching typical work pants for beta brands, dress pant, yoga pants. Go to betabrand.com slash rotten for 30% off. Then Garnett starts getting better. He starts drinking a ton of water. So much. He starts stabilizing. Just six hours later, so that was like 10.30 in the morning, at 4.30 p.m., she drags him back into the bathroom. Oh, my God. And when they come out, Garnett looked miserable again. She starts cleaning him up again, sets on the bed, waiting for it to hit. And in 10 minutes, she pressed the emergency nurse call button. He's dry heaving again, the motions of throwing up, nothing's coming out. And the nurse rushed in, and that's when she noticed something strange. His G-tube port was open on his stomach. So she said, Mom, the G-tube is open. Oh, okay. And she closed it. She didn't really think of this because this is like a high tense situation. She's just trying to make sure that this kid is stable. But later it'll come back and, you know, she's going to talk to a lot of people about this. Doctors and police officers mainly. This time Garnett just did not get better. He started feeling more pain. They tried to stabilize him. He has a headache. He's literally rolling in pain. Meanwhile, Lacey is texting her friends. He's having another episode. Less than an hour later, Lacey's screaming. Nurses rush in and he's having a full-blown seizure at this point. And guess what she's screaming? Look at him. Look at him. I just, what? Even if that's not my kid, it's a complete stranger kid. I wouldn't be like, look at him. I'd be like, help, help. Like, what do I do? You know, do something. Look at him. Yeah. Bizarre. So bizarre. He had peed the bed. He was twitching. His eyes were moving around in his head and his oxygen levels start falling. I mean, he's having trouble breathing. We got to put him on life support. He's under critical conditions. Meanwhile, Lacey's texting her friends. Pray like crazy. She is not well. Not well. Then she announces to everyone, I have to call my grandma and leaves the room. What? You have to call your grandma right now? Like you'd rather call your grandma than be with your child? It's not like you're like, I have to call my mom to tell her to come here. Your grandma doesn't even, she lives in Florida. Mm-hmm. She's not going to come here. Why? Can you call her like 10 minutes later? Then the lab results come back and his sodium had jumped from 144 to 182. This is strange. The doctors don't understand this because they had been monitoring him. Anything that went in and out of Garnett, they knew. He was stable. There's no reason. There, There is no medical condition where your body just naturally does this. Mm-hmm. It's metabolically impossible without introducing something to your system. They don't get it. And she said, 
to the doctors. Oh, well, I was expecting that since this previous incident of high sodium I told you about. And they just were so, I mean, they had shivers going down their back because she had a smile on her, like a little bit of a smirk that was coming out. Like I told you this would happen. I told you that he had a previous incident before. So they want to run more labs, airlift him to the Westchester Medical Center. And they said, come on, Lacey, get in the helicopter. Oh, yeah, no, I'm just going to have my friend pick me up. What? I'm scared. I don't really want to go in the helicopter. Okay, I get that you're scared of helicopters, but your son is in critical condition. He's on life support. Get in the helicopter. He needs you. So she's like, okay, fine, gets in the helicopter. But before they take off, she says on Facebook, pray for Garnett. He's on life support and being life flighted, like airlifted. So Una, younger, sees that, rushes to Westchester, you know, the medical hospital. And the director of that children's hospital starts questioning Lacey. Now, Una's there at this point, right? And she's hearing this conversation. Lacey wasn't mentioning most of his prior health issues. She thought that was strange. Like, is she frazzled? Is her brain not working properly? I don't understand. You forgot that part where you said he does this and that and this. What? Right? Mm -hmm. And then they start getting into the salt topic. We just don't understand how it's medically possible for a sodium to soar like that, especially when he's under our care or the last place's care. So at this point, the hospital is suspicious, right? They're so suspicious. They're okay. like, we, we're going to get this bitch, you know, but th- they're also mainly focused on Garnett. So mm-hmm. they don't want to ice out the mom too much in case like maybe she can help in some way. Lacey, when is the last time you used the feeding tube? Uh, about a week ago. And Una... It's like, wait, no, she used it like two days ago. I saw her. So she says, wait, didn't you? And Lacey snaps back. And Una said that she shot her the most disgusting, icy, pure evil look that she had ever seen in her life. It took her breath away. She had to physically leave the conference room to not burst into tears. She had never seen such a mean, nasty face on someone before. So Una wasn't able to say anything? No, not until she pulled the doctor aside later. Okay. But just bizarre, no? So doctors are mainly focusing on saving the little boy. They tell Lacey, no matter what, do not give him anything to drink. It could literally kill him. Right? Because we're focusing on these sodium levels. Like, that's our main priority. Don't give him water. It fucks with the sodium level. Yeah. So this is what what I'm thinking, right? Is she just trying to get sympathy? So at this point, I feel like She's not trying to kill him, correct? So this is the interesting thing about this case. Most cases of, you know, I always say it wrong, Munchausen, you know, syndrome by proxy. They don't like to kill the victim because they that means the sympathy ends there. And you also seemed like a failed mother, like a mom who is not just pushing through forever, but like maybe you had failed her at some point. But in this situation, a lot of people suspect that Lacey was, you know, kind of getting worried because Garnett was too talkative. He was outgoing. He was such a normal kid. He was starting to talk a lot with a lot of people at school, at church, everywhere. And eventually, he might start saying some things. I see. You know? Yeah, because this point, the doctor is saying, if you do, if something, anything happens. Yeah, we're looking at you. Die. Yeah. And she will do something. So in the beginning, she was too busy taking pictures anyway. Garnett's stable and on life support. Please keep praying. Finally, his sodium levels are coming down. The doctors want to remove his tube. The, um, the, he had a tube in his mouth, right? Mm-hmm. 
and Lacey tries to stop them. What? Why? I, I just don't want him to be uncomfortable. But if we don't, he risks infection. The tube could get dislodged. Like, it's dangerous to just leave that in there. So they take it out anyway, even though she didn't want it. And he starts talking. He starts following commands. Meanwhile, churches stepped up to donate for Lacey. They start a fund for Garnett's medical expenses. The doctor said he's doing better. But Lacey's still posting on Facebook, My heart is broken. He is my world, Garnett the Great. And he will pull through. The doctors are excited about the progress. He's talking. He wants to go home. He wants water. That's a good sign. They would only let him wet his lips. That's it. Lacey would post a different story on Facebook. G is screaming in pain, screaming his head hurts. We laid his bed flat and just waited to see what happens. Now she's lying. And the comments would say, I'm so sorry this is happening. I love you guys so much. Praying super hard. Then Lacey posted three more pictures of Garnett in his bed. 29 people responded. Then the emergency went off in Garnett's room. So they rush in, doctors, nurses, the whole floor. And the first thing that they noticed in Lacey's hand was a bottle of Poland spring water. And the doctor just yelled at the nurses, get that bottle. So they snatch it from her. They kick Lacey out of the room, and Garnett's pupils were blown, dilated, they weren't reacting to light, and he was having a brain issue. Wait, 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 what did she do? She gave him water. Knowingly that this yeah. could be deadly. Yeah. I just she don't didn't even, hide it. Yeah. Is she trying to play ignorant? Yeah, I mean, I think that she was trying to be like, oh, only I was drinking the water. Mm. You know? Okay. Meanwhile, Lacey is out of that room, calling friends, posting on Facebook. Garnett stopped breathing and is back on the ventilator. Please pray. 50 people responded with sympathy. The doctors are busy running tests, and the brain scan revealed that he is now brain dead. The salt had shifted to the water in his brain cells, caused them to swell. It was too much pressure in his brain. It just started expanding, expanding. Nowhere to go. Pressed up against the skull, completely fat, flat. There was no brain activity at all. So he was brain dead at this point. So Lacey's friends surround her in the hospital when she found out. And she runs out of the room, starts crying and running down the hallway, on the floors, on the walls. My baby, my baby. She just laid there for an hour and a half in the hallway, crying, making a show. At this point, Lacey's mom was at the hospital and she wasn't having it. She went out into the hallway and said, Lacey, I'm sorry you're going through this, but this isn't about you. This is about your child, and your child is going to die. You need to spend whatever minutes you have left with him in there. Now, because the legal process of declaring someone brain dead, you have to have two different doctors, two second opinions. I mean, it's a lengthy process. He was in the hospital brain dead for days. Later, the police investigation will show that Lacey took like hundreds of pictures of him laying there brain dead. It, it's just weird. I think like if it was a normal situation, I wouldn't say it's weird because maybe you'd really just want any photo that you can get. But like in this situation, like what is going through this woman's mind in particular? Because exactly. it's not a normal woman we're talking about. It's not a normal mom. 
Mm-hmm. It's a bizarre mom. Like, I can't even call her a mom, right? The hospital had its strong suspicions at this point. They call in dozens of specialists, CPS, the police, to investigate what happened to Garnett. And they were just so shocked at Lacey's behavior. She'd be sobbing one moment. There were no tears. Then they would ask her a question of like, well, tell us about Garnett's medical history. And without even missing a beat, she would just sit up and answer everything. Then go back to sobbing. I mean, just bizarre. The police get a search warrant for Lacey's place. Everything looked like a kid's heaven. Very neat. A ton of toys everywhere. And then when they head into the kitchen, that's where it's weird. Lacey had a shrine, a literal shrine, photos of Garnett with candles, medications, and a huge box of sea salt. That's so strange. They found a feeding bag hooked on the machine in the living room, and another one was in the garbage, and they both had this whitish liquid. Now, I don't know why, but they did not think to take it. They just assumed that it was milk. Yeah. So when Valerie, Lacey's friend, had heard the news, she was shocked when Lacey called her. She didn't expect a call. You know, she's the one supposed to be calling Lacey. She's going through so much. Why does she have time to call Valerie? It's not even like they're best friends. She says, Valerie, go to my room, go to my house, get the feeding bag in the middle of the living room, Throw it away. Don't tell anyone. Don't show anyone. Can you do it now? Can you do it now? And can you promise that you won't show anyone? Uh, okay, yeah, I'll do it. So she hangs up and Valerie keeps thinking, okay, this is a little weird. So she calls her friend Chloe. Can you come with me? I just feel weird. It's just kind of creepy. Okay, yeah, I'll go. So they walk to Lacey's place together. And they run into one of other Lacey's friends and neighbors, right? They say, oh, yeah, the police were just here. They took pictures of everything. I think they took like three bags of evidence with them. They had no idea that the police had searched it. So now they're even weirded out by this. Mm -hmm. Why are the police searching her place? That's weird. Why does she want us to get rid of this? So they see the feeding bag hanging in the middle of the room. They take it off, put it into a plastic bag and leave. Now, they decide, thankfully, not to throw it away. They left it in her apartment and later gave it to the head of the commune or not the commune, the fellowship. And together, they debated whether or not to call the police. Eventually, they would turn it in. Valerie would give her damning statement. The police would go back to Lacey's and get that other bag that was left in the trash. And both bags showed high contents of sodium. That was way beyond seasoning. Just like lethal amounts. This was the smoking gun. Then the police start talking to Lacey's dad. I'm so sorry about Blake. Huh? Who's that? Garnett's father? Lacey told us. What? Who's Blake? No, his dad is Chris Hill, and he's fine. He's alive. He lives in Alabama. Meanwhile, Lacey knows it's about to go down. So she starts Googling how much insulin do you need to kill yourself. She's still constantly posting on Facebook, grieving him, then getting mad at the hospital for, you know, allegedly killing her baby. She starts shifting the blame on the hospital. How how can this happen to him while he's under their care? They don't know what they're doing. Then she'd get mad at the police for even accusing her. I mean, it was a roller coaster of emotions. She was a mess. She tried to take the money from Garnett's medical fund that everyone donated to, but she wanted to use it for attorney fees. So the manager of the account refused. And she was so pissed that when she found out that they had actually refunded everyone their money, I mean, she wanted to like, she started unfriending people on Facebook. <laughs> she was that pissed, okay? The police find out uh, about her Facebook accounts, her many Facebook accounts. They notice that she's trying to delete things. So they rush to get a search warrant. Later, her social media records were close to 50,000 pages long. I'm talking Facebook, multiple Twitter accounts, Instagram, MySpace. And then she gets a new phone and just keeps adding to them because her one was confiscated by the police. And it was very self-pitying. None of them were about Garnett. 
At 26, I would have never imagined my life would be here as it is now. I never thought I would be standing at my bedside of my five-year-old son, holding his tiny leg as he took his last breath. I will never forget hearing the doctor pronounce Garnett brain dead. Those words haunt me. They run through my thoughts endlessly. She's being invested, investigated. Yeah. But that's her concern right now, still yeah. writing posts? Yeah. So one of her friends, who happens to be a nurse, gets interviewed by the police. This is one of Lacey's friends. She's mm-hmm. a nurse. So she's telling them, and she's saying, you know, maybe Lacey poisoned him at the hospital. That's the only way it makes sense to me. Poisoned her son at the hospital. Did you guys watch the video? Did it show anything? Uh, probably not. What video? The EEG machine records video you guys didn't so they're like what they rush they get it and they start playing it i mean it had like dozens of hours right so they start playing every frame what's important what's not they don't know and then when they get to those points they realize that they were watching a five-year-old boy get murdered by his own mom and they said it was haunting and they will never recover from it they had Lacey arrested she went to trial and of course she was found guilty And what's crazy is that she's sitting in prison right now and the whole trial was about, you know, her whole Munchausen syndrome by proxy. She says that I can't believe that the judge said that he had no training as a psychiatrist. There is no way that I'm suffering from that. Like she claims that she doesn't have that and that Garnett was killed by the hospital. So she's complete denial. Denial. But like she's the worst liar ever. She has like a one uh, one interview that she did in prison. Just the worst liar ever. Yeah, so that's why I feel like people like that, they can't help it at this point. They can't help it. Yeah, they will denial to the day they die. Yeah, and what is comical to a certain level, if you like dark humor, is a lot of the inmates hate her. So -hmm. they started uh, putting heavy amounts of salt in her food. (laughs) You know, because inmates work in the kitchen. Yeah, just heavy amounts of salt in her food. Yeah, dark humor. At least there's something there. And that's the story. So of how long is she getting life? Uh, it was, I believe, 30 years to life. Her earliest possible release is June of 2034. That's pretty early. That's really early. That's really, really, really She early. didn't get the maximum sentence because the judge said that um, he hopes that she realizes that she has Munchausen syndrome by proxy. I don't know how I feel about this one. Like I don't know either. She's so evil. This is so evil. It's just bizarre. And the fact that she's like blogging it. And and to me, it sounds like she's been torturing the kid for five years. So yeah. it, it wasn't just like a f- five no. minutes. Five years. Yeah. And then the way that he passed is. And the, even the aftermath. So she, it doesn't seem like there's a moment she realized, oh, I murder my child. She's still like blogging, writing these exact same posts. So that makes me feel like she would do it again if she never got caught, right? She would keep doing it. And keep doing it. I mean, I hate this woman. I don't know what else to say, okay? This woman sucks. I hope she never gets out. She doesn't deserve to be out. What are your thoughts on this one? And do you think like, do you think, I know that the internet is great in some aspects and it's really shitty in some aspects. This is one that's, that's really shitty. Just so she could have some strangers like her on the internet and say, wow, you're a great mom. How is that even fulfilling? 
I hope you guys enjoyed this week's main episode, and I will see you guys on Sunday for the mini-sode. Bye!